Hey, it's Donna Rudowitz here. And many of you have been asking about my story of where I've come from and the work that I've done, where I started and the work that I've done through my life up until the work that I'm doing now, as well as my personal story of, of kind of how I, I, I ended up here from married to divorced to married. So you may or may not know that I began my career as an accountant. Yes as an accountant. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy because people often ask me, Donna, how did you move from being an accountant to psychotherapy, to running your own business, to becoming an entrepreneur? And it, I often tell them that it wasn't a overnight success, right? It took many years. And there's a saying that says it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. And I believe I am one, one of those people that for me, it was a journey over time. And I'll get into this a little later, but for me, my spiritual awakening, the moment that I stopped trying to control how I wanted the world to look, how I wanted people to act, how I wanted things to turn out. Now, I'm not saying I didn't give it a direction of an influence of where I want things to go because I truly believe in that, that we have the opportunity to create the life that we want to live. We have an opportunity after divorce to be women that are greater than we were before because we are upbringing and upwelling all of us. We become fierce, we become strong, we become very clear of what it is we want and we become very clear of what it is we don't want. But the moment I gave in to the flow and I stopped the struggle and I stopped the control is the moment that my life transformed. And I will get into that in a little while. But for now, where I started was, is I grew up in suburbia. I grew up in a town in Long Island and really had, for I guess for the most part, had a great childhood. We went to the beach. We would spend a lot of time outside. And that's where I, I guess, inherited my love for traveling, for being outside, for enjoying the water, because our entire family, we're from a Norwegian background. My father is from Norway. My mother is from Lithuania. But we pretty much spent most of our summers at the beach. And the entire side of my, my dad's side of the family were all, I guess, that, that Norwegian blood. We love the water. We love to be outside. So I would say I pretty much had a, had a standard childhood, wonderful childhood, and, and grew up with the belief that one day I'd be married and have kids. And I always knew deep down inside, there, there are many women who I went to school with who knew that one day they would have children, or but they were going to college and they were going after their careers, and that was first, and then children and family were second. But for me, I always felt children and family were first. I knew I wanted to be a mom, I knew I wanted to be married, and I knew I wanted a family. And when it was time for me to graduate, I didn't know exactly what it is that I wanted to do. So I decided to go to a local community college for the first two years of school because, again, I, hadn't, I really didn't know what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And it was there that I met one of my accounting professors. So I was going for um, business administration at Farmingdale, and one of my core classes was an accounting class. And that's where I met one of my professors who was an accounting professor who I grew to respect 
highly and she took a liking to me as well and I was able I was sort of like a protege for her she was there to always answer my questions she just took a liking to me took me under her wing and kind of showed me things that I didn't even know were possible and and again like what in this world of 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 business what are the different options we could take and it was she who told me that why don't you do this Donna instead of just going for a business degree why don't you specialize in something because when you specialize in something then you become an expert at it and little did I know that that advice now is one of the most profound pieces of advice I could have gotten because you could be a generalization right you could be good at everything or trying to do everything but if you're not focused on something it's it's you're not going to get the clarity and gain the traction that you need in things and I thought at that time, I said, I, I actually thought that was a great idea because remember how I told you before that family and being married was always first to me. So I thought, well, this is great. And I always wanted to work from home. I always saw myself having a business from home where I could be a professional and be working, but yet have my children close to me, um, maybe hire a nanny or hire a sitter during certain days of the week that will enable me to work, but I could still be very close to my children and go out and if they were napping, give them, you know, be able to be there. Or if they were having snacks, I could help feed them snacks because I wanted to be an integral part of my children growing up. So when I decided to go to that accounting route, I realized this is a great route for me because I can have an accountant office out of my home. So hence, here I go, I go to college, I go to get my accounting degree, I graduate and, you know, she was right. It actually my focus out of the thousands of people who are graduating with business administrative business administration degrees my degree in accounting was absolutely the thing that got me my first few jobs because it was it was very specific and I was going into an accounting and I got my first job at a portfolio management firm in New York City and I didn't decide to go I did have the route I was looking at maybe going to the FBI or doing the traditional accounting working at the time for one of the big six accounting firms but I just felt for me this one job that I went to was something that I felt like could have been a really good choice for me and it's kind of interesting because the woman when I went for my interview for my first job she says to me Donna she goes I'm just sending you on this interview it was in New York City it was my first time sort of being in the big city and this way and and here I am dressed up I'm ready to go on interviews I was working with a headhunter at the time and she's like you know what I'm going to send you on this one job interview this person his name was Dominic he never really hires anybody that's right out of college but it would be good experience for you I went in there with just the 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 notion I was getting this job I just said I know I'm going to get this job that this is mine and that was the beginning of my without even knowing it my manifestation of of building and, and learning about manifestation Long story short, I do, I, I get the job. I end up working there for a little while. But as I began working and as I began sitting and delving into the work of accounting, I realized it wasn't for me. I'm inherently a person who looks at something that's right versus something that's wrong. Accounting is inherently a, a practice that looks for the wrong and not the good. So right there, it wasn't a match. I also happen to be like an ish person. So if, you know, if it was off a few cents, I'd be like, ah, it's all right. But you know what? In accounting, you can't be off a few cents. That makes a big difference. So I, I kind of was getting the feeling, okay, this isn't for me. Um, and then also just sitting in a cubicle, just grinding out numbers, not communicating with people. It was like I was literally dying every single day going to work. And sitting in a, in a desk nine to five just wasn't for me. So I began to explore and I began to do certain things. And over the years, I went into customer service, into 
uh, management, I did sales, and then I really knew that, again, I wanted to be married, I wanted to be home. Um, I was with my high school sweetheart at the time. We had been dating for around six years then, and I was like, you know what, it's time for me to come home to Long Island. I really want to settle in and, and, and begin having my family. I ended up getting a job at Computer Associates, which was probably one of the best jobs that I ever had and built up into client service, into sales, inside sales, outside sales. So I've always been around people and helping people. And the reason why I was so successful in the sales arena was that because I didn't go in trying to sell something. I went in inherently trying to see how I could help the person, how I could help the company. If there was something that I had that could help them achieve their goals, then I would let them know. And if there was something that I didn't have and that I could help that didn't wasn't there or I knew another resource, I would let them know that I don't have what you need in order to achieve this, but here's other resources. And to be honest, that was one of the things that really projected me on my success because there were many times that I would go into a meeting and I would tell people who I was meeting with, listen, this is not where I don't necessarily have what it is. I know what you're looking for. Here's where you could find it. And people respected that so much that when it was time for larger deal deals or larger things, they would call me in. So I began to just inherently build relationships and really wanted to help people. I ended up, we did get married. I was... I was dating, by the time I was married, I had been dating my husband at the time, my first husband, nine years. And we got married right around the nine or 10 year mark of our dating. And things were going well, right? The family, I was doing well at work. We were, I was married, went on to have my first baby. And, but something had, had sort of begun to come amiss. So in this career, I was doing well but my priority of being a mom and a family first was, it wasn't changing, but the way and the work that I was doing, my work took so much of my time that the work was becoming the priority and, and, being, and, and my family was, was sort of just getting the crumbs. And I just realized like there was just discord in me. I wasn't, I just didn't feel good. I, if there was something that just wasn't right to me when every day I'm, I'm taking my daughter down and, and I'm bringing her to daycare. And my first daughter did not want to go to daycare. <laughs> she was just not that. She would look at me through the window, hysterical crying, fingers planted on the glass and her lips to the glass and crying. And I'm telling you, as a mom, I'm sure you could appreciate this, seeing your child as a young child, just like begging to, you know, that you, you feel like you're dropping them off and you're just never going to see them again, right? Like you feel like you're, you're torturing these poor children. And I knew at the time, like, this is, this is my career. This is what I was doing. But then I began to really understand that this is not what I want. I need to reprioritize my life. And it was right around that time that 9-11 happened. And I, was, I, had to, I had to do a lot of traveling where I would wake up in the morning. I would drop Ashley off at the daycare. I would get on a flight. I would go to where I needed to go. My parents would be picking her up or my husband would be picking the children. It was just like a really weird time in my life. But one day I was sitting in a hotel room across the United States and I just said, and it just hit me. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I went into work the next day, I gave my notice and I left. Now, looking back, probably a little rash. <laughs> I could have made better choices. I could have had more conversations with my husband about it at the time. And I think that was probably the beginning of the end of our marriage. Um, because, you know, when you make decisions like that, and I realize that now, again, this is what we learn as, as we move through divorce and we learn about ourselves is, 
you know, it, it was a rash decision and it wasn't necessarily one that um, was an appropriate decision for me to make by myself. I mean, I did mention it to him, of course. It wasn't like I just woke up one day, but we, we were on differing viewpoints of it. But it was so apparent to me that I just, I needed to, to go and live by what I knew I needed to do that. I knew I wanted to be a mom and be at home with my daughter. I knew I wanted to work from home and that working and, 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 and being in this place and especially after 9-11 happened, I just, I needed to make that change. What I didn't know is that when you make such a, dra- a drastic change, now you go from one way of living to another way of living and it caused a lot of stress and a lot of chaos. With that said, though, it was the projection of stepping me into my new path of where I would be going because I had so much stress at my old job and because there was so much responsibility, I really didn't want to find another position that had any stress. So I kind of just said to myself, I need to, I just need to find something that is, that is simply like almost just filing, very just basic office skills. I don't want any responsibility. I just want to go in and out a few hours a week just to keep me going, to keep me, because I knew that once you stop and you don't keep your feet wet into the workforce that, you know, at that time there was, you know, there wasn't a lot of this um, media, the the, the online world wasn't where it is now. So I knew I kind of needed to keep my feet wet. So I was like, I just need to just keep, keep going in this direction. Well, at the same time I was having my house redone. And I was doing some work, um, redoing the kitchen. And my contractor was giving me ideas for kitchens, but I'm like, I'm a visual person. Is there any way you could show me something? And he said, sure. He said, he has a neighbor around the block that we just did that kitchen one in. I'll see if I could get you in and, and we'll see. Sure enough, he was able to get us in. And when I left that house the the wife who I just took a liking to had handed me a little piece of paper and when I got home on this little piece of paper it said give me a call so I was like okay this is not good if the person who the contractor showing the house is saying to give her give a call on the on the lowdown I'm like okay there must be something here so after speaking with her she gave me her opinion on this person and told me had you know maybe I should choose someone else she wasn't quite happy but um, we ended up kind of building relationship. And I had told her that, you know, my experience that I'm, you know, I'm home now and I'm, a, I'm an accountant, but I work in sales and I work in business now. I'm a transformed accountant or reformed accountant. And she stops in her tracks and she goes, oh my gosh, she goes, my husband is an accountant and he has a business that teaches accountants how to sell. And he's looking for an assistant in the office here at the house. Well, the two of us were like, oh my gosh, this is this is a match made in heaven. And sure enough, this was the beginning of my spiritual path. So when I went to work for this gentleman by the name of Rick Solomon, who was my spiritual mentor, um, Rick Solomon is a disciple of the Sedona method. And he learned directly from Lester Levinson, the power of release. Now, mind you, before I met Rick, I only knew, um, we grew, I grew up in church. I grew up as, as a Lutheran going to church, but not every weekend. We went on holidays, we went for communions and things like that. And I knew that Jesus and I knew about God and I knew Jesus was the son of God, but that's pretty much all I knew. And my spiritual path was, was pretty much not existent. You know, it wasn't really there. I always believed in God and I always had a, had a feeling and I knew a connection to the universe, but the understanding and distinctions and awareness about it just weren't there. So now here I am and I meet Rick and Again, the story of how I got there and met him, I mean, and, and there's a man around the block, perfect position. 
I end up working with him and for the next few years was the beginning of what I call my awakening. And I thank God for that moment every single day because learning and being aware and understanding spirituality from such a different perspective and my what I would call awakening because during that time is also where my marriage began to crumble things were going on um, what I thought was supposed to be a happy life and what I had signed up for married for life what I had signed up for to have a husband have a family have a children the perfect family and if I could re tell you a little secret <laughs> which is Ultimately, I always knew I would be working from home and having it, but there was a little piece of me that said it would be great if I could just be a stay-at-home mom and not have to worry about all of this stuff, right? Just like, I want to worry about having an income. I don't want to have to worry. I just want to worry and just be focused on the children. But for some reason, God always had a different path for me because I have, I've always worked in the sense that I've always supporting people and helping people because that's my, what I know to be now, my God-given purpose and talent. So over those years... Um, and going through the divorce and never, ever, ever, ever thinking I would ever be through a divorce because that's the first thing when I was, when we were getting married, my ex-husband and I both agreed like divorce is not something that we both wanted. He came from a divorced family. I came from a family of, while my parents were married, there was a history of divorce in my family and I saw the turmoil that came along with it. But man, I had no idea what I was going to be going through, right? So here we are. I find now myself in this divorce situation and I went from having stability and having an income and feeling safe and, and, and kind of having a life that I was going into where I swear it seems like it was almost overnight, even though it wasn't, this is over years period, but it seems like almost overnight that I was going with no income, my husband had left the house at the time. We weren't talking. The family, everybody's amok. His family was like my family. He has sisters who I really, you know, who, who are my sisters and, and, and my family and my brother. And no one knows how to act because now we've been together for so long. We were married nine years and we were, uh, excuse me, dating nine years. We were married around nine years at the time. So technically, this is a person who I grew up with. This is a person who my whole adult life I've, I've spent my family, his family, we were so interconnected and this whole, this is, it just caused so much chaos. So now there's language that I say that is divorce language. And as a divorce mom or a divorce woman, that is something that only you and I can understand. No one truly knows what it feels like to be a divorced woman. No one truly knows what it feels like to go through a divorce unless you have gone through it. There are emotions, there are feelings, there are actions, there are, like you can't even imagine those feelings. That's not even words to describe it unless you have experienced it personally. And that is, it's a terrible place. I always say I never recommend divorce. I wouldn't even wish it on my worst enemy because it is that pervasive, not only in yourself, but the people and the family and the children. It just is the ripple effect just goes so far. So now here I am in this space and thank God again that I had met Rick and began my spiritual journey because I went from a foundation of safety to a complete unknowing, not even having, you know, six figures in a checking account to having zero in a checking account to being able to buy whatever I wanted to having to break open my daughter's piggy bank to buy a carton of milk. And that was the moment that I knew something needed to change. I dropped on my knees and I was like, God, what I don't I have been trying to do this my way for so long 
and I am doing a horrible job at this. I just can't do this anymore. How did, did, did it get to this point that I'm breaking open a piggy bank of my daughter who's five, right, at the time, it's ridiculous, to buy a carton of milk. How, how, how does this, how does one come from a place of, of where everything is, is possible, right? Like when you're, when you're young and you're thinking and, and you, you, you have, I have an education, I have a good family background, and how does one go from having what, what people would say to have it all to have it to nothing, and again, I dropped on my knees in the living room that day. And I just remember just, just letting it all out and just saying, God, spirit, universe, just whatever, who, any, just guide me because I can't do this anymore. I give up. I am letting you lead. And that in that moment is when my mother knocks on the door and she's like, hey, I just happened to be at a book signing or she had a book club at the time. I was at a book club and they were all reading this book. You've got to read this book. And the book was called The Secret. Never heard of it. Didn't understand it. Wasn't sure what it was. But at that time, all I had was time and it was much better time to read and do something positive than to think about everything I was losing and how horrible things were and how sad I was. So I was like, I've got to read this book. So I began reading the book and that opened up a whole nother level of my spirituality that I never would have understood. And I, again, I thank God for that moment because if you would have handed me a Bible at that time, I would have, I wouldn't have understood it. It would have been like Greek to me. It would have, I just would not even understood it. I wouldn't have have been able to hear it. But when I read The Secret, it opened up something. It unlocked a piece of me that I didn't even know that was there because it was at that moment that when I picked up a book, other spiritual books, I began to understand it. The words began to speak to me. I picked up biblical references because it's my belief that a lot of the self-help books and spiritual books and things that we see today are based off of biblical references of the Bible because you'll see a lot of similarities. So I began to become curious and saying, wow, I'm seeing similarities. Let me learn here and let me learn there. And what this almost became, I became a monster. My mother would say, she's like, she unlocked and unleashed a monster because what I would do is I would pack the kids in the car. I would get in, um, put them in the stroller. And at the time I was doing a lot of babysitting for my nieces and nephews. So there was like five kids under the age of five and I would grab them and we would go to Barnes and Noble. Um, and, and we would sit down and, um, we would, I would give them cookies or whatever they wanted. I didn't care. Like you got cookies, you get drinks. I am going to read every book I possibly can. And that's how I spent a lot of my days. I spent pretty much eight hours a day in Borders. I think it was Borders at the time, not Barnes and Noble, but it was Borders. I would spend eight hours a day just looking and reading. And I began this, this journey of self-development, of self-help, of spirituality, of learning, 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 learning. And at the same time, I began attracting different people, places, and things that would we're beginning to measure up to the, the, the changing vibrational level, level of energy that I was giving out. And slowly but surely, I began to enroll in courses. I began to connect with masters in the industry. I, be, I, I There was no hold barred. I, I did not feel embarrassed to email someone who was a professional in industry and ask them for help or see how we could, we could connect, even though I didn't have a dime. I don't even know at the time. I was just, I was very, because I just knew I needed to go on this path. 
what ended up happening was, is I started going through the divorce and like Ed, if you've been through your divorce, you understand that it could go really bad, really fast. There's a lot of bad emotions. You know, there's a lot of hard feelings. There's a lot of things that are, that you have to handle. And for those of you who, you know, at that divorce point, by the time you get your divorce degree, decree rather, it's, this has been years and years and years and years. So a lot of people will say, like people who get their divorce decree and then end up dating and maybe meeting someone, a lot of people from the outside will look in and say, but boy, how did that person do that? They just got divorced. But a lot of people don't understand that their divorce has been happening 10 years prior to that. So anyway, I'm in this midst of chaos. And as I'm beginning to learn the self-development and, and, and being around people who understand peace and happiness and joy and love and how to cultivate it, I realized that we're in a society when you're going through a divorce that it's, it's like, oh my God, it's like the Me Too society. Like, you know, when you tell someone you're in a divorce, like, yeah, I knew someone who was in a divorce and they, they ended up getting nothing and their, you know, person, they, the ex-husband or the ex-wife, they did this and they did that. Or my aunt Mabel went through one and she's, you know, 30 years later, she's still bitter. And, did, and I began hearing all of these horrible stories and I'm thinking, oh my God. It's like the moment that you go through this, not to mention the shame, you know, even though divorce is so common now, I don't care who you are or I don't care where you come from. When you, when you're going through something like this, there's a level of failure somewhere around. Like, I can't believe this. Like, and yeah, we overcome it, but there was that level for me at least of feeling like I failed or the feeling of shame. Like, oh, my neighbor is going down to the bus stop and here I am. I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't, how do I even say this? And I didn't want people's pity. I didn't want to hear, you know, from people or different things. But anyway, I decided that I needed to do things different. I decided that I needed to stop being, getting invited to the chaos pity party and, and declare my home as a place of peace and to refuse to engage in fighting, to refuse to engage in the chaos because I wanted I decided to divorce gracefully. I wasn't going to be part of this, what, what everybody else is doing and what the rest of the world is doing. It's not working. I don't want to. I just don't. I choose not to because now I know better. I've been given an opportunity to do things differently. So I began to just come to this level of peace. I came into my home. I declared my home a place of peace. I declared there would be no fighting in the house, that the, every week the girls and I would have a a family meeting. We would talk about things. I would, I would allow them to feel what they needed to feel. I would show them what I was feeling. I would, it was just, but I didn't allow the fighting and the negativity and the name calling and things that everybody else was doing to happen in my home. And that always reminded me of Maya Angelou. I remember Oprah saying Maya Angelou had a party and she would, her way of, of, of having parties was there was, there was to be no disrespect or no back talk. When you were at our home, it was a place of peace as well. And if you acted in a way that was inappropriate, she would come right up to you, give you your coat and ask you to leave. There would be no second chances. And I, I thought I was like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I kind of decided to do that. And then people began to ask me over time, wow, I see you're doing this differently and things, you know, can you help me and can you help me and can you help me? And I began to almost get not pulled into because it was, it was, I was going with the flow now. I, I began to really go into this helping profession of helping people. And I got a job at the Farmingdale, the Small Business Development Center at Farmingdale State University as a business advisor. And it was when I sat in the desk for the first time, I realized, 
oh my God, like all the pieces came together for me. My background in accounting, my background in helping people, my going through my divorce. I realized that I am meant to help women who are going through divorce, not make the same mistakes I did, but to help them divorce gracefully and then post-divorce, help them to understand who they are, where they're going, how to create amazing lives and, and be married again or to be in a committed partnership or relationship, find their soulmate. Because just because you've been divorced and just because that has happened doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be in a committed partnership and relationship. It doesn't mean that you don't deserve to have a wonderful husband who will love you and who will cherish you as you will cherish him as well. So I began delving into that work and I really just was delving and like, again, bookstore reading. Um, there was Sally Jesse, uh, uh, it was, I was going to say Sally Jesse Raphael, for those of you who know the talk show, um, Sally Redfield. I had seen her website and her and her husband, James Redfield wrote the book, the Celestine prophecies. And there was also a movie and again, like anything else, like the universe and the divine timing, I saw on her website that she was giving away free coaching. I went to the website. I noticed that the date had passed, but I said, you know what? I'm going to put it in anyway. I'm going to tell her my story. I'm going to tell her who I am and where I'm going. She wrote me back. I almost, I tell you, I almost passed out. If you could have knocked me over with a feather that day. I almost passed out when I got the email that she says, Donna, your story spoke to me. Uh, even though this time has passed and I have chosen someone for the free coaching, I am I'm giving it to you. I'm also gifting you free coaching. And again, that was my beginning of working with top level people. So Sally Redfield coached me and, and, and I became um, a, a more growing in who I am and became, I would say, reaching different summits. And then I decided that I need... I'm meant to do this. I, am, I know my God-given talent is to help women so they don't make the same mistakes I did, to help women create amazing lives, attract their soulmate, attract their ideal partner. What, how can I best help them? And what I noticed through my work at the Small Business Development Center is that no matter how much money a person has or no matter how much success a person has or no matter how much uh, resources a person has, if they don't believe it, if there's a piece of their mindset that is stuck or there's a piece of something that happened from their past that is, that is sitting in there, they will always hit a plateau. No matter how high they get, when a certain trigger comes up or when a certain feeling comes up, they will self-sabotage and they won't continue the work. So I decided I was going to take a year to research this and figure out what was the best way that I could help people. And I began my research. And in the end, what I came up with is that I need to go back to school to become a psychotherapist. And again, how am I going to do this? I have two kids. One, in at, you know, one at the time was just beginning. I think it was a kindergarten. My other one was in elementary school. And at this time, I was living my life regardless of everything else that was going around. My children and my family were number one. I made it, I, no matter what I did, no matter what job I took, no matter where I went, I made it for sure that I was putting those kids on the bus and I was going to be home to take the kids off of the bus and that I would be home for dinner every single night because I was committed to my family. So I only would take jobs or I only would work in the hours that were around it. And most people, everybody was telling me it's impossible. You'll never find it. You'll never, and you know what? I'm here to tell you when mindset ahead, 
there's nothing that's impossible and I made it through. Somehow I never missed a mortgage payment. I never was in, um, in the red. I, I, it was always meals on the table. Now, granted, there were some weeks where we had spaghetti for a month. <laughs> we had different, I would buy different shaped noodles, right? One moment it would be a spaghetti noodle. One moment we may have um, the curly Q ones and we would have linguine or we'd have different shapes and sizes. So I would try to trick, <laughs> when I say trick the kids into thinking it was different types of dinners. So yeah, we sometimes had spaghetti dinners for many nights, but we never went hungry. And with that said, I'd go back to school for my master's degree in social work so I could become a psychotherapist. And again, always around, I, all my classes were around my kids' times. Um, I had a part-time job as well. That was around my kids' times. Yeah, was I crazy? Was I tired? And I look back now and I thank God I did it then because <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I was, it was probably certifiably a little crazy at the time, but I did it. So that's how I began my work into helping people and, and, and psychotherapy and being and, and able to help people not only from the break the patterns of the past, but also create the future. And over the years, I've developed and transformed and, and modified the work that I do up to a point right now where I have it perfected. I have a system and a process that helps women identify who they are, where they're going, how to create this amazing life, how to attract the person that they want to be with. And all of it is possible because it is a process. It happens over and over and over again. So I am honored to do the work that I do. I am blessed to do the work that I do. And if anybody tells you that you can't have, be, or achieve what it is that you want, don't listen to them. Those aren't your peeps. Because I am here to tell you that you could go from divorced, excuse me, you could go from married to divorced to married. It is absolutely 100% possible. God is no respecter of persons. If I could do it, so could you. And the one advice that I will give you is whether it's me or whoever else, it really doesn't matter, whoever you hire, but it's critically important that you get the mentors and the people to help you. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. That's one of the things that I, I wish I would have learned from a very young age. But again, I know that there's a reason why I needed to learn it the way I did. There's a reason why I needed to go through it first, perhaps to help you. I don't know. But you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Most of my quantum leaps in life have come from me taking the, 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 that risk and, and putting myself out there and feeling uncomfortable and working with someone because that's where I felt their energy has uplifted me. There's a saying that says a rising tide will lift, will lift all ships. I didn't, ha I didn't even know. Sometimes you don't even know what you, you don't know. I didn't know there was a whole world. And I, and I notice now, and I often say to the, my, my clients, is that in the moment, your life may seem like it's a disaster. But when you look back, it's a perfectly orchestrated symphony. And all of the people, places, and things that I needed in order to get me into my life path were there, as are with you. Right? So... It's, it's, it's a, and it's interesting how my work has developed from, you know, working with people who were thinking about divorce to people who are going through divorce to people who now are post-divorce, who, who still have so those, those patterns and those emotions that are following them and behaviors that are there. Because one of the things that I think is critical is that in every mess, there's a miracle. And in no matter in your divorce, if you were 
if you, if you were the one who chose it or if, if wasn't, you know, was it the other way around that he chose it? There is something for you to learn. And the most valuable thing that you could get out of it is the reflection of yourself. I realize now that as a married woman in my first marriage, there were things that I was doing that I could look back and say, those didn't serve me. They didn't serve my husband. They didn't serve the marriage, but I didn't know any better. Right. And now I do. And I could look back and say, that's what I, I need. Those are the things that I need to refine. I need to change. I need to take responsibility for those actions because every marriage, it takes two people. Every marriage takes two people for it to succeed or not to succeed. It is not one person's fault. Yes, there's a reason that another person may, 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 may do something or maybe there's more, more on one side than the other, but you have responsibility for yourself, for your relationship and your marriage. And this is an opportunity for you to look at your relationship and if you're divorced, you know, to look at your divorce and say, what, 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 really, what responsibility did I play there? How can I learn? What can I do differently because I need, I need to take responsibility for that and change that so I don't keep attracting it and I don't keep marrying my ex-husband 10 times over in my future relationships. Because that's the one of the things that I see, the most things that will happen is that the moment someone is, is out of one relationship, they want to go into another relationship, but that's the worst thing you could do. That's the biggest mistake you can make because you haven't addressed yet the reason why those past relationships haven't worked. And yes, you are a common denominator. There, you either are attracting things or the behavior. There's something in you that you keep attracting in the same emotions that if you don't address it and eradicate it, they will keep following you over and over and over again. And you don't, it doesn't have to take 20 years for you to learn this. When you could say to yourself, I am going to take 12 weeks or I'm going to take three months or a year or whatever it is. My program happens to be 12 weeks. But when you take that time and you say, I'm going to work on me and I'm going to take I'm going to notice what my responsibility is or was. I'm going to notice what behavior served me and I'm going to keep doing those. I'm going to notice what behavior didn't serve me and I'm going to do something about it in order to change it. And yes, you could read the books and yes, you could go to seminars. There's nothing wrong with it. Those are all helpful. But if you want lasting change, if you want consistent change, if you want transformational change, the best thing that you could do is hire a mentor. Because that's the biggest change you will make. You will make quantum leaps. I look back now in my path and I see the differences between the self-work that I did, which is very important to the differences of connecting with a mentor and, and the, the changes along the way where you're making a few steps, you hire a mentor, you make quantum leaps, then maybe you do a little more self-work and, and you take a few more steps, you hire another mentor, another quantum leap. So the biggest gift you could give to yourself is to identify your own story and, and, and be aware of what you're responsible for in your own behavior moving forward and what it is that you want to attract. Because I know now being on this side and after 20 plus years of experience and going through what I went through is that anything is possible and there is no impossible. It's all a matter, it's a matter of the mindset that we have, it's a matter of the people that we're around, and it's also a matter of decision and dedication and commitment and persistence for what it is you want. Because when you go for something that's worthwhile value, I will guarantee you, 
I will guarantee you that struggles will come along the way, that problems will happen, that things, I was just listening to someone who's a very respected business person in the field and he's got different um, organizations across the world and everything went amok, right? Every country, the organization, there was just issues and problems and he was honest and he just sat down and was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. I, ha- I don't even, why am I, this is, the, um, this is making me nuts that I'm dealing with this. But at the sec- then at, right at the same time, right behind it was, but this is my mission and I am dedicated to it. So it's not, there's no choice of giving up. So many of us give up right before we reach our breakthrough. Don't be that person. Keep going. Be committed. Decide what it is you want. Hire that mentor to help you along your path. Step up to yourself because you're worth it. You spend so much time and energy with other people and helping other people and and, 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 and investing in your children. It's time for you to do you. And that's every, everywhere along the way. And in, in my culmination of going from never thinking I would be divorced from married to divorced to married, you could have that too. You could, be, you could have been married to divorced to married and have an awesome life, have an amazing husband who will love you and treat you well, to be able to do the things that you want to do. I look back now, and again, my path has led me. I, I'm, I'm, I have an amazing husband. I'm able to travel. I'm able to work from anywhere that I want. I work with amazing women and clients. My family, my children, and my older one right now is graduating high school. My younger one is in high school. And the relationships that we've cultivated over the years have been amazing. Only because I listened. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm no different than you. But I listened to where God was leading me, where the universe was leading me, and I was ready to be humble and I was ready to take the hand and step in the flow. So do that for you. Take the hand, step in the flow, and that's it. That's my back end story. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you on the other side. See ya. Bye.